If you don't have the right perspective, you can get lost. Leaders fail to surround themselves with the right mix of people and perspectives and talent, which then leads to failure. Hello and good day. Welcome to another episode of The Consultant and the Coach. Nothing's more hard than business, and that's why my buddy Josh, uh, who's the consultant, I'm the coach, we're Christians, good friends, running buddies, book nerds, and we produce this podcast to help you out as Mm -hmm. the business leader of your business. And I think one of the hardest things in business is to maintain perspective. If we lose perspective, it can literally seem like we are in the middle of a tornado in our business Mm -hmm. and we're like, which way is up? Which way is down? This just happened. This just happened. Let's help our listeners and shed a little bit of light. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's, you know, straight to the point, I think the, the CEO job or even most executive jobs that I consult with, it's a lonely seat. It right? is. You're getting advice all the time, um, or you're getting asked for decisions all the time, which is your job. That's fine. The hard part is, you know, you it's no one else has the information you have in, in that role, mm-hmm. and so it becomes very lonely. Um, and then leaders fail to surround themselves with the right mix of people and perspectives and talent. Right, which then leads to failure. And yeah. a lot of times I've seen what brings companies down, and it isn't what you think it would be. Mm-hmm. It tends to be some little things that then right. lead to burnout, and then bam, something happens. Yesterday, right. I had my offsite leader in the Philippines contact me, and she was like, Eric, I need some containment and encouragement in this one area. And hmm. she was just at wit's end. Mm-hmm. And for her, it literally was something as simple as a 10-minute conversation. She's like, oh, hey, thanks, Eric. I'm better now. Hmm. It wasn't a big deal. But Mm -hmm. for her, when leaders, and I don't care how big or small you are, you become deregulated. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take too much to lose perspective and then we need to get back into perspective and you know you have a proverb that says this so what's right. the proverb because a proverbs let's get to our scripture proverbs thirteen twenty. whoever walks with the wise will become wise but a companion of fools will suffer harm mm-hmm. and i think we've seen this in in several podcasts and a couple of the books we've done you know but this importance of surrounding ourselves with people is really the key to wisdom therefore enabling maintaining perspective which mm-hmm. is what we're talking about today so yeah. it's you know whoever walks with the wise will become wise mm-hmm. and i find it fascinating we have i work with so many amazing business leaders but then i'll dial into tell me about your life team tell me about your closest comrades mm-hmm. and they're like well i have one Mm-hmm. You have one. Yeah. Can you imagine going into army with a two people? Right. You would get your butt kicked. I don't care how great of Navy SEALs you are, unless you have some big weapon behind you. Right. You need a team to go into battle. Right. And so if, but when I see wise people walking with wise, it just you're going to win. Yeah. But a companion in back to Proverbs thirteen, a companion of fools will suffer harm so leadership's a lonely seat yeah so where do we start you know as we're talking to leaders you're running your company you're leading your company what happens you're lonely when i'm talking lonely i'm talking leadership lonely is what we're right talking right about. And, and maybe maybe socially lonely too could be um, that because sometimes too. ceos are so busy running their businesses mm-hmm. they're also that but um yeah i mean this is about 
perspective. It's about decision making, right? It's about communication, um, and so it's it's this you know generally this importance to address this problem. Um, and obviously, it's really easy to get you know I think tunnel vision, right? It's sort of like when you drive down the street and you can't see that back right corner, you know, across over your shoulder, mm-hmm. right? Because it's the blind spot, right? There's all these things in business analogies we can use that that can be the end of you, right? You can cause a wreck, go out of business, fail as a leader, you know, lose your job, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What do, you, what do you see from a coaching perspective? From a coaching perspective, it's not having a large enough life team. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah, sure. When one doesn't have a large enough life team, uh, it causes perspective to get lost. So, for example, I do a lot of backpacking, and uh, we're in the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. and a couple uh, a couple years ago, gee, I'm getting old when I say a couple years, because this trip literally was 25 years ago. <laughs> this li- trip was literally 25 years You're ago. You're getting old and make me feel old. I'm hiking right. across the Olympic Peninsula from north to south. I had my map, and I knew where I was going to go. We're going to cross this pa- pass on the Olympic Peninsula. Uh, year was 1999, and... We had to go over this pass, and I lost the trail, and I could not find the trail. Well, why? Well, what had happened that year, 1999, was one of the last El Nino years, which means we get more rain and precipitation, and the snowpack was out of this world. We took a turn at what we thought was a river. It turned out it was just a creek, but because there was so much snow flow, Snowmelt. We thought it was a river. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got yeah. off because there was a river on the map. It was a river it. on the map, and we did it because it was flowing like a river. It was just an overflowing creek, is all that it was. We got lost. Hmm. If you don't have the right perspective, you can get lost. And what happened was because of that, we were safe, but we actually never were able to finish the trip. We had to turn around and go back out the north side Mm -hmm. because we lost perspective. So leaders, when we don't have proper perspective, and we really, leaders need a large enough life team to help with perspective. And so we have a whole episode out there on life teams. We don't Mm -hmm. have to go redo that one, but if you want to hear more. But tell me, when you're saying life team, can you define that a little bit more? Yeah, when I say life team, I am talking about people outside of your business. Mm -hmm. I mean, you need to have consultants inside your business, but also outside your business. They'll help you see if they're true friends. They'll say, hey, Josh, yeah, you're right. What I see you going through right now, that's really, really hard. I can see how that'd be exhausting. However, everything else you've told me about being steadfast Hey, you're steadfast, man. You're putting in the work. Yeah, I know you've been complaining about not wanting to get in shape. You just told me you went out for another run this morning. You are in shape. Let me just encourage you, stay in the same direction. Mm-hmm. Or likewise, if they truly know you and you're like, hey, Eric, I'm fine. And I'm like, well, based on your life actions, it doesn't seem like it from what you've told me about your career goals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what it means to have a life team. And we need to have several of these people in our life, depending on what area. Sure. And I think um, the, the book you know better than I do um, from Dr. Townsend is called People Fuel, right? And so it talks about nutrients and, and, and um, the importance of all those different nutrients in, your, in each person's life and then thinking mm-hmm. about where in your life you're getting those nutrients and not expecting them from you know your, your, your spouse or your dog. Right. Absolutely. Now, also, in terms of maintaining perspective, no two people are the same people. So mm-hmm. if you ask me, Eric, tell me about your life team. I actually have about 12 people on my life team. Mm-hmm. None of the 12 are the exact same. So, for example, on my life team, some people are better at containment. These are the people I literally just call vent, drop way too many four-letter words to. 
but I just need them to listen to me. I don't necessarily need consulting. I have other friends, they're great with finances. I have other friends, they're highly empathetic because I'm just, I need someone to just hear me and say, yeah, that would tick me off too. So when we create our life team, what we need are a lot of people who are skilled in different areas. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only mm-hmm. one who was great at all things was Jesus, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, so tell me, think through. So I'm hearing a few different terms. I'm trying to follow you. There's there's like a formal life team that you meet with regularly. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a bigger circle of say little L life team that you're sort of leaning on people for certain and things. I would as perhaps needed. life team consultants. I right. have other people, sure, literally around the country that I'm like I'm going to talk to so and so about mm-hmm. this, or I'm going to talk to so and so about this. Mm-hmm. And then in my mind, I think there's also even a bigger circle. What what I would call the support team, right? Mm-hmm. So I think of like I think if you're a CEO or an executive, I think you know think of don't be afraid to think about yourself as an NFL quarterback. <laughs> Correct. Right? I mean, you need the life team, sort of like your offensive line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need no, the, big, the bigger support group, which is your offensive coordinator. It's your receivers, right? And then there's your, like, and then your support team, in my mind, is your your, your massage therapist, your cook, your all these things like that are helping mm-hmm. you stay in shape from a physical and a mental perspective. Absolutely. Right? And, you know, for me, as a believing Christian, I would, I would throw my church in there of as course. well, too, because... Right. When I'm, even though I'm not bringing business problems to our home group at church, it also helps center me in a very spiritual way. Like, okay, just remind me, not everything is about business. It's Mm -hmm. about the kingdom of God. And so when setting up a life team and just maintaining perspective, we need to have all components in Mm -hmm. place. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think there's also some very tactical ones there, you know, that we've talked about, I think, in my, I'm just looking at my list, but, you know, there is having... An attorney. Oh, absolutely. Right? Who are you getting? Like that, that's not going to necessarily give you emotional nutrients, but no. you need to know who you're going to call, right? So that's that's considered part of the team. There's there's also, you know, don't be afraid to have an executive coach and then even separately from that, a therapist or a counselor mm-hmm. who you can call on. Um, I'm a big fan of regular massages, so I have someone I go to just like get my body right when absolutely. it's getting messed up. Um, and then I think there's also things for, you know, your family, what are you, mm-hmm. How are you surrounding yourself with family resources too? So in terms of maintaining perspective, one of the biggest things that I see from an executive coach is that is a huge, huge danger. It can also be a blessing, mm. but it's a huge danger is tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so tunnel vision is a for blessing. the CEO or for, as the executive coach. Uh, no, from from the CEO. You see the CEO. When I see yeah. the CEO mm-hmm. with such high degree of tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. Now on one side, it's great because you are like a sniper. And you're going to kill whatever you're shooting at with tunnel vision. But there's a danger. And from a consulting standpoint, what what is that danger with tunnel vision? Yeah, I mean, you missed the the shifts. And we talked about the last time, right? Mm -hmm. We talked about market shifts. And and, and there's always shifts that are occurring around us in a world that's dynamic, right? And so um, that's one reason why a part of that support team, you know, would include um, a executive coach or a consultant, right? Mm-hmm. Part of your team. It could be us, it could be somebody else. But the, the whole goal would be to have people you can call upon for these issues you need to help you break out of the tunnel vision, right? People who can help you get out of that s- space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one, it could be maybe you don't understand what your competitor might be doing. You're yeah. so focused on yeah. this. Or you might be nailing it in business, but the last thing you want to do is have your wife leave you all of a sudden. Right. It doesn't matter how much money you have. From my standpoint, if I were to lose my wife, I'd be like, I failed. I failed the test if that were to happen as well, too. And God would say, hey, if you deny me, you've kind of missed you've missed that as well, too. So it's, you know, maintaining perspective is understanding 
you know, the six components that make for a very healthy leader. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another one that comes to mind too, dimension to consider, I think is important is a lot of CEOs, they don't have an adversarial relationship with their board, but they very much view their board as sort of a one dimensional relationship, Mm -hmm. like a boss, which is not, it's, it's, while that is true, I think the board also gives you another space for resource around, you know, think about an industry veteran veteran who you trust and who you can get on your board and kind of be a mentor to yourself, right? That's another space to leverage an existing resource, mm-hmm. right? Is, is the You're board. talking about a healthy board. I know lots and lots of oh, yeah, Oh, yeah, boards. plenty of unhealthy boards, right? But if you have the ability, hopefully, to influence the board situation, not only to improve its health, but to get on it, just consider a strategic way to get an actual mentor mm-hmm. who's also then helping you from the, you know, that's another, just a whole other dimension in your leadership that can be um, really helpful. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of maintaining perspective, because when, when, when you hear someone say, I don't have perspective, or frequently they wouldn't say they don't have perspective because if they had it, they would have it. But it's other people talking about a leader. This leader does not have perspective. Mm-hmm. How do you fix feedback? Because a lot of leaders will say, I hear this feedback, but it's not all true. So mm-hmm. what do you do? Take that problem customer who just says, this business is the worst business in the world. Mm-hmm. Well, you know it's not the worst business in the world. Yeah, but what do, you do with, what do you do with feedback, whether it's good or bad feedback? What do you do with that customer that just hates your company? Well, <laughs> first thing to remember is it's never, not always bad to fire a customer. So Absolutely. sometimes you have to do that. Not mm-hmm. that you should do that right away, but just put that on the table as an option because if it's they're that unhappy, you might just want to benefit from any of it. But I think it's a it, it's tricky, right? There's a reason they feel that way. There's a reason they've been treated that way um, or they've perceived their treatment. And so you have to dig into that as a leader, right, and be able to take the feedback. You have to hear it mm-hmm. and you have to say, I'm sorry, right? No excuses, right? Back to extreme ownership, right? Your job is to own that feedback. Um, so if you haven't heard, read Extreme Ownership or you haven't heard, seen our podcasts on that, go back and check those out. So you got to accept that accountability, but then you have to take it to the next step and you have to go take our last podcast on market shifts and go see, is there something systemic in the way you're delivering your services, your customer service, your technology? Is there something systemic in the market that there's a, a need you're not meeting? Mm-hmm. Is there um, other customers who feel this way? Right. And so you have to accept the feedback. You have to have pretty thick skin. Um, you know, this actually happened to me the other day. I was in a meeting with a CEO and we, we had gotten some small thing wrong on a deck, which was fine. It was a mistake on our part, but it was, it was the direct, if we just taken the direct feedback, it would have been pretty, um, it would have had a lot of implications for the project, but it, it, it was the other people on the team who were serving at the client understood why it was done that way because it was not for an external facing it was it was it was an internal facing document mm-hmm. and so they sort of didn't they were not bothered by it right so we did not get too concerned about it right we took the ceo you know, i was i was delivering the message ceo gave me the feedback she wasn't very happy and i was like okay and every and by the way everything in me wanted to make excuses mm-hmm. like everything inside here is going excuses 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 and i'm knowing I, you're learned. like josh go listen to my right episode that's what that i am I thinking about i'm thinking about my own <laughs> listen to your own episode and so and i said i just changed my i said thank you 
we'll get it fixed. Mm-hmm. And I'm just inside, just like dying, right? Because I hate that. But, I, <laughs> but it is. You take the feedback, and then I'm reading the body language on the other people in the meeting. They're clearly not upset by it. They understood the context in which this occurred. Absolutely. And, and as long as they, as I have closer relationships with them in terms of this project, they were very satisfied. It was a small minor fix. Easy to accept that, make the change, and move on versus feeling like it was going to be a fundamental shift to the project. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's something you have to do in the moment and then seek that other feedback for perspective. One of the things that I love in terms of maintaining perspective, this is a really expensive, expensive tool. But if you have the resources, I love the interview, what's what I call the interview 360. Mm-hmm. We all know the little bubble 360s that you do, which kind of work. Mm-hmm. The, if you've never used it in your business, the interview 360 is off the chart because instead mm. of like, tell me about Josh's leadership on a scale of one to 10, well, mm. that doesn't do much. Mm-hmm. When I do an interview 360, I literally interview, let's say four people that work with you mm. and I write down what they all say. And that's way different because then they'll say, I love it when Josh uh, talks to me and says specific things that I do well. However, sometimes he might look down on me if I don't get this one thing right. Mm. But that's way more helpful for you as a leader mm-hmm. than on a scale of one to 10, you're a nine. Well, what what in the world does a nine mean? What does a nine mean? Yeah, and, exactly. And that is the great thing about an interview 360. Uh, so that's from my executive coaching. That is something that um, I do offer to clients, but it's it, it takes a while to do because you have all these interviews oh sure and then there's a way that we give it to the client as well too instead of them just reading it there's a way of doing it where it literally hits harder in a very encouraging way because Mm -hmm. as we all know let's say you have a i don't want to call low level customer service Mm -hmm. they're not going to know as much about leadership because they're not in all the closed door meetings right so a lot of it's taking that into perspective to maintain perspective. Well, and it's, it's very similar approach to um, a product market fit exercise because I actually just did one of these recently with a with a large subsidiary company um, of a kind of a larger healthcare organization and technology group. And uh, we were, um, we basically went out and talked to several current customers. We went out and talked to several prospective customers, market personas. And the, it, it, and it was a funny thing because they're product didn't really have clear fit it was sort of a either it was going to be a new disruptive product or it didn't have a home and once we delivered and to your point like documented all the notes from those conversations and had really good interview guide and did everything we could to like validate research wise in the market we brought back and we said here's here's your best path forward best path forward well they divested the business they they didn't they, they saw it and they go there's nothing here Mm-hmm. nothing substantial right so they actually took the whole subsidiary and just divested it sold it to someone else almost instantly because they understood perspective and they right had it but they had to down. come get it like this is the whole issue these very detail oriented very time consuming interviews um but yeah sometimes that's the outcome and that does get into you know granted we're recording this at the very end of march and this will probably come out end of april early may understanding short-term and long-term goals Mm -hmm. as we maintain perspective. So I know hopefully all of the leaders who listen to our podcast did has both short-term and long-term goals. But now that you listen to this sometime in the second quarter, that's vitally important in terms of maintaining perspective. So what do you do short-term, long-term goals? How frequently should you revisit those goals? Uh, 
Yeah, it depends a lot on your business and your industry, right? So it depends on how fast the company is changing. You know, I think some people, I mean, I've actually gotten to the point in my life where I write, <laughs> I now have weekly, monthly, and annual goals, mm-hmm. both for myself and for business. And I all have all sorts of separate, I'm the same way, separate dimensions that I use, you know, thanks to Dave Ramsey and Entree Leadership. I've got a whole seven or eight dimensions in which I then actually have gotten to the point where, see, so what happens, I started making annual goals. And then I realized, well, so this is like the long-term goals. So whatever's right for your business, you make these long-term goals and you realize, wait a second, how am I going to know if I'm making any progress against these goals? So then I actually set up a monthly recurring email to myself with the goals and a question to myself basically to delay send. And so then I started doing that and I thought, oh, wait a second, how am I going to know if I'm making progress each month? So I actually had to all day down to the week. And so now I write myself, I have like weekly notes in every dimension, what I'm going to do, what I did do. Mm-hmm. And basically write myself a report every week (laughs) and from a coaching perspective i would encourage you keep doing that but also i would encourage you if you were one of my clients don't be too hard on yourself when you don't hit those goals right i have to be careful about that and we've talked about that i love it when people don't hit goals not because i don't like it when you hit your goals right but typically from a coaching perspective the real gold is not hey josh you hit your goal the gold from a coaching perspective is hey josh you missed your goals Let's dial down into that because typically that will give us an idea of if we fix this one area because you didn't hit your goal, if we fix that mm-hmm. and then do fix it, it, you are a much, much stronger leader long term. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if all I do is just compliment you and all your goals, I'm not a coach. I'm just a cheerleader. And cheerleaders are important, really, really important. Yes, another part of your team. Absolutely. Yeah. But you need a cheerleader and a coach. A coach understands, let's, let's dive into that a little bit more well and also i think the other piece of that is is if you know why you didn't hit a certain goal there's many times goals are representative of something deeper that you're trying to achieve Mm -hmm. and sometimes the goal itself you didn't achieve because you were actually achieving more important things in your life in terms of your values Mm -hmm. right or shifts in the world around you or you were asked to take on a different project you didn't see coming at the beginning of the year which you did because that was more indicative of your values which is okay right those things happen so there's also reasons why the goals don't get achieved and for good reasons as they pertain to your values absolutely and you know invest in technology if you need so for example back to my first uh yeah when i got lost backpacking Guess what I have now? GPS. I have a GPS yeah. device. <laughs> I don't think you know, they had those in 99. They though. did not have them in 99, but now so. I, I love my new GPS device because as soon as I'm like 15 meters off the trail, it'd be like, check your map, check your map, check your map. Now the problem with that is... So when you like go to the night, bathroom, does it start beeping at you? It's like, hey, I'm like, I'm just trying to take one, please. But yeah, but at least it lets me know, look at your map, you're off course. Yeah. We need to be able to look at our map frequently because I don't mind if you go off course in business, but be intentional about going off course because I'm going off course because I have to take one. I don't want to go off course because I think that's actually where the answer is. Well, and that's again why you have a team, right? Is, hey, the map says here, but I'm going to go here. Does this mm-hmm. make sense to you? I see a shortcut. I have to go this way. There's something in the way. And they, so your team, right, can give you that perspective to say, yep, good idea. No, that's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So, hey, so we've got to maintain perspective in mm-hmm. business, maintain perspective in leadership. The third component of this, and this is next week's podcast, mm-hmm. how does our Christian faith 
play into being a leader. Whether you lead or are in a secular company or mm-hmm. a Christian company or a church or you lead your household or whatever that looks like. Or let's say you're a student. How does Christian faith come to perspective? Because as believers, we need to be very aware of that as well too. Right. But in the meantime, hey, check us out on the consultantthecoach.com. Uh, ask, if you listen to this on YouTube, ask us a question or two. We'd love to respond and say, hey, I love what you said, or hey, uh, we missed that point. We should have thought of it in, in this way. Yep. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, until then, hit the subscribe button and uh, look forward to talking to you guys next week. Take care. Cheers. Cheers.